Hi, and welcome to the RPG Academy's Show and Tell. Show and Tell is a show where we like to bring on somebody in the RPG space and talk about something cool they're working on. I'm Mo, and today we're talking to Maria Moore, co-designer of Hellbind, a Savage World supplement. Uh, I am Maria Moore, one of three of the members of Goblin Society Games, uh, and we made a sci-fi setting for the Savage World system called Hellbine. Uh, Hellbine is a singular planet surrounded by six moons that is full of strange mystery, a very large megaopolis that has intricate dealings with various factions uh and uh a lot of vibes such as like cowboy bebop and firefly and kind of the the grungy gritty space cowboy uh treasure planet vibes uh that you might uh not get from super super high fantasy like star wars love me some star wars i wanted something mm-hmm. that you could uh you could go and become space pirates if you really really wanted to um so we made it uh we are all big 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 fans of savage worlds and we thought well why don't we make something that's really cool uh and that we would want to play in so we made our own sci-fi sandbox (laughs) all right um i want to get into that because you said a lot of things that uh you, you, you tickled a lot of my tickle points uh, in that good. intro. So um, <laughs> let's start, though, by asking, uh, how did you get into game design? Uh, so as a business, Goblin Society Games has been around for about three years. I think we're celebrating our fourth year now. But uh, James, one of the other co-founders, has kind of dabbled in making things. He's a big mechanics person. Um, we all really like tabletop RPGs and, uh, a handful of years ago, uh, it started with just making a ton of magic items. Our flagship book was 300 magic items for D and D fifth edition. And from that, uh, I was a big supporter of branching out into all the various aspects of TTRPGs and board gaming that we all like instead of just being, you know, the D&D folk, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I really enjoy a plethora of RPGs and coming up with ideas for different things we can tackle in different RPGs and different systems. Um, so it's really been like we've, we've all collectively in our own pockets been designing or conceptualizing things for the past 10 years off and on mm-hmm. um and as a company we've been doing it for going on four years now uh and it's just because we love games and we love playing games and we like to make the things we would want to play in or play with and hope that in having fun doing that and having fun with what we play other people will also enjoy that and see things that they like to play as well nice it sounds very um, communal and giving. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's kind of where because we're all gamers. Um, we we love seeing and experiencing new things in the tabletop community, board game community, and everything. And we wanted to give back in however way we could, 
earning money is also good, but also making things that people want to play mm-hmm. and also things that we want to play. Because if we don't like it, maybe we won't make it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. How do you... Um... I'm just curious, like you started with this, you know, 300 awesome magic items. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm clear that uh, most of the awesome magic items I've seen or conceived came from, uh, you know, my own, you know, home group play. Mm-hmm. And how do you know what translates to popular and what doesn't in that space? I, like, what was your process? Was magic items? I, I'm sorry. Um, We're going down a rabbit no, hole real it's, quick. I, it's great. Um, a lot of the magic items that were made uh, were made because the concept sounded really neat and wasn't something that was super reflected in base D&D 5th edition books. Now, we didn't... We didn't want to go on the rabbit trail of looking at a lot of homebrew things that already exist in the market, like on DM skills or anything like that, um, or drive through RPG, because we didn't want to fall into the trap of seeing all of these cool things everybody else has made and then realize we're just copying everybody else. So we just didn't even bother with that. We said, if it exists somewhere else, that's cool and great. And we have two versions of it now. <laughs> um, so it was, it was really a process of... Uh, putting a throwing a ton of spaghetti on the wall in the shape of magic items seeing what conceptually stuck and then putting mechanics to it that made sense and were mostly not broken mostly um and then also prioritizing things such as common magic items that there's not a whole lot in base D, or at least there wasn't when we when we were we were conceptualizing it um giving a lot more variety of things like magical foci and wands and like the extra uh things you things you need quote unquote to cast spells but usually it's just kind of a throwaway item um those were some some things that i know that james really wanted to make sure were available for folks who wanted a magic item and also flavor for why their druid uses a talisman or like an amulet over a staff and giving some sort of mechanical benefit to that nice um let's get into hellbine you like you you had my attention as soon as you said cowboy bebop Mm -hmm. um you had my attention as soon as you said uh firefly Mm -hmm. uh what, what what is what is this hellbine thing and like how does it work normally i ask people kind of what kind of game is it and what feelings does it give? So yeah, sure. I think that still works for a, a Savage World supplements, which yeah. all have different kind of vibes. How, what kind yeah. of feelings am I going to get from Hellbine? Yeah, so uh, Hellbine to me is uh, a... Gosh, the, the, the best thing that I can describe about it is the childhood feeling that I had when I watched Treasure Planet for the first time mm-hmm. and thought, oh, all of these like kind of quirky, quasi-humanoid things, but also it feels like it's kind of real in a way. Um, and I just want to go out and have adventures, but also maybe not like save the entire galaxy adventures. 
Um, that, that was my initial con concept of Hellbind back in the early 2019-ish era. Uh, and it, it initially started as just, this is a, can this is a setting I need for a one-shot that I'm doing. Or like a short-term campaign. Okay. Um, and from that initial thought of Treasure Planet was the initial touchstone. And from that, when we wanted to work on our next project, we built out from that, all right, what are other things that are in that same vein? Cowboy Bebop, a big fan favorite around here, which mm -hmm. is still space, but a little bit gritty and grungy. Uh, it's not the pretty, shiny, chrome side of space. Um, and uh, I'd seen a little bit of Firefly at that time, too, which is, again, that same vein of, you know, these are just kind of people trying their best mm -hmm. in space mm -hmm. um, with, with you know, the exceptions of the high and mighty. And um, in making a specific setting to put it all in we didn't want to go big we didn't want to have an entire galaxy or solar system so we focused on one planet which is the planet hellbine named after its discoverer um and made a giant megaopolis on it mm -hmm. that could could be the only place that you play you could play right. in the city right. and deal with all of the faction shenanigans uh, of the different factions that are on there that range from the the corton corporation which is as uh capitalist militaristic as you can possibly get right uh to the phantom marauders who are literal space pirates uh to the interstellar coalition which we like to say is our um science religion conglomeration <laughs> right right, <laughs> that right also is dealing in cybernetics mm -hmm. um and then dealing with all of the in-betweens of just regular people trying to live semi-regular lives on a semi-alien planet um you can stay just in that city or you could also go out to the six moons each of which has its own uh biome that changes from night to day. So in the daytime, you might have a moon that's completely covered in water, and at night it can be completely frozen and covered in ice. Mm. Um, you know, one that's a desert, dry and arid, and then at night it's just storms and lightning and terrible things. Mm. Uh, and it gives a lot of little pockets that you can just have little micro-adventures in or have this giant, a, a huge, beautiful picture um, and of course, their secrets. The book has like an entire appendix just for GM secrets, mm. because of if, if you want to be surprised, there's some cool things in there. Right. Um, and I just I I wanted to love out my sci-fi kid adventures in a big old a big old way with, you know, as much as much um, aliens as I could put in it. And Savage Worlds was the perfect setting or system for it as well because it is uh you know pretty flexible when it comes to making characters and making you know various kinds of heritages and ancestries and like that kind of a thing um so you could have like four arms if you really wanted to and it works mechanically <laughs> right 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 um do you do you guys so okay 
normally I want to ask like, how is this game like interesting or different? Um, What if, if people let's do a little primer on Savage Worlds for folks who haven't gone there, like what makes Savage Worlds different from like uh, Blades in the Dark or Dungeons and Dragons? Sure. Uh, So Savage Worlds differs. uh, I'll use Dungeons and Dragons first because that one's pretty iconic. You have your D20 and that's the primary die that you roll. You'll roll other dice um, while you play, uh, but they're mostly supplemental. Um, In Savage Worlds, uh, you... Let me rewind that back. Similarly, in Blaze in the Dark, uh, you typically will have... Uh, D6s. If mm-hmm. I, I haven't played Blaze in a, a hot second, but you make a pool of D6s that you roll mm-hmm. from and you're aiming for that success. In a, a kind of cool way, Savage Worlds kind of takes a little bit of, of both of those aspects. Um, instead of having just a D20 that you roll and numbers you add to it, each of your stats, your main statistics, right. is its own die type. Anywhere from a D4 to a D... 12 you can technically get a d20 if you're like way super rad or really leveled up Mm -hmm. um but it offers variance in that aspect and then there's uh there's numbers you can add to it um but every roll has a die ranging from four to twelve and also a d6 which is a wild die because even if you're bad at something, there's a, a random chance that you could just this one time be really good at it, mm-hmm. um, which is that D6 kind of accounts for that. On top of all of that, every die that you roll can explode. And what that means is when you roll the highest number on any die, so like a four on a D4 or a six on a D6, you continue rolling that uh, and you add up the total number afterwards. Um, which means that you could roll a 20 on a D4 if you keep rolling fours because you keep mm-hmm. rolling it until you stop rolling the highest number. Mm-hmm. Um, and the number that you always have to beat is a four. You always just have to beat a four when it comes to a challenge or a task or anything. And any anything above that just means that you do it even better. You you know, you're you're raising above whatever you need so that example of rolling a 20 on a d4 you succeeded and also got four raises because you got increments of four above that it's a lot of mathy math but it's 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 uniform math it applies to everyone right uh players bosses npcs anything like that which is really nice to someone like me who doesn't like a lot of crunch like a lot of super crunch, I should say. Gotcha. Um, uh, go ahead. ahead. Oh, so for for the people who, okay, yeah, yeah, we know how Savage Worlds works. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> how how does Hellbind differ from you know plain vanilla Savage Worlds? Sure. The thing that I love about Savage Worlds is that the system itself, the base system, is actually pretty setting agnostic, which means you can put pretty much any setting onto it that you want mm-hmm. um the the most uh popular one from pinnacle studios who makes savage worlds uh is deadlands it's their uh like wild west meets kind of gothic horror cool it's really really rad um so 
beyond you know putting it in a fantasy setting what i love about Halbein is and, and what kind of makes it rad in its own aspect is besides the cool colorful world that you get to play in um if you are a mechanics person there's a couple of things that we added including uh the um enemy units enemy factions and and things that are working against your players level up with your players you as the person running the game get to pick uh advancements for the the antagonists that are going up against your players so that the world really naturally feels like it's growing and changing and evolving based on your players actions and it's included which means that you don't have to do as much like mental gm gymnastics uh while you're trying to also run the game um that's one thing that sets it apart uh the other thing is just it's it's i'm gonna keep saying that it's rad but that's i'm biased by how rad it is um i I, I prefer enthusiastic (laughs) you're enthusiastic about how rad it is (laughs) i'm I'm exceptionally enthusiastic about how rad it is you are absolutely correct um but in the the book itself um, it does have its own, like a one shot in there, which we included because we wanted people to be able to try it out mm-hmm. and see if it's for them. Tell me about the sample adventure in the book. Yeah. Um, so the the one shot is called A Simple Fishing Trip, um, written by uh, James, the primary um, creator of the the physical book. Uh, and it is a, uh, one shot that takes place over like three distinct places where you as a party are sent on what seems to be a simple literal fishing, fishing trip. You're sent to pick up or locate a very rare species of fish, Mm -hmm. uh, on one of the moons. A easy, super easy task, and what I can could go guarantee I, what could go wrong. But definitely, definitely nothing. But there's, uh, you know, they, it utilizes some of the the chase mechanics that are in Savage Worlds, um, as well as being able to showcase different areas of the setting itself, mm-hmm. just in that one that single one shot. So if your players are like, oh, I don't know if I want to do sci-fi, well, you can just toss them in, see what they think. Uh, and then have them fall in love with it and then just never leave. There we go. <laughs> a three hour cruise. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, let's get back to character creation. Um, mm-hmm. Savage Worlds um, kind of is infamous or famous for its notion that you could kind of build anything. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you, what, 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 are, what, are, what are you supporting people? to for character creation and help I yeah so when we um when we made the book we wanted to really keep in mind that uh at the time that we were doing 99 percent of the work the writing work the um what we had to go on was the base core rules the adventure mm-hmm. uh edition and the older edition of the sci-fi companion now the newer sci-fi companion um just started getting funded on Kickstarter. So that's coming out soon, but we gotcha. didn't have any access to any of that. So we wanted to make sure that when we made this book, we wanted to give people 
everything that they could need mm -hmm. to make a sci-fi based character without having to rely on anything except for the base game. Um, so what we've included is some general suggestions. If you want to use the old sci-fi companion, you can. It is going to have a little bit of rules that are different from, you know, the Adventures edition of the core rule books, but um, we have included in the very, very beginning of the book suggestions for you to use as far as cybernetics are concerned and weaponry and uh, taking inspiration from the older sci-fi companion and making it work independently of that book. So gotcha. you have pretty much anything that you would need as far as the sci-fi flavoring <laughs> and most of the mechanics that aren't in the core rulebook are included in the uh the hellbine setting book itself gotcha. um now when the new sci-fi companion comes out it should crossing fingers seamlessly uh be able to be inserted with any of those extra rules um mm -hmm. and if there are major changes that they've made uh you can expect that we will have a free errata available wherever right. you know you can find our stuff uh are you giving uh players and gms a list of aliens to pick from are there so we didn't we didn't want to go my my biggest push was to not quite limit what is capable to be had so i leaned a lot on the um the custom uh the custom like racial building that you can do in the core mechanics mm -hmm. of savage worlds um and uh, left it more in to the players and the GM, of course, collaborating together on what could be possible. Because um, I wanted to lean a little bit into that Treasure Planet side of the the kind of gritty, gritty mm -hmm. sci-fi of you have weird kind of uh, giant slug creatures. Mm -hmm. Technically could exist if you can find a mechanic that works for it. You can have right. like... like uh, cat folk people, tiny rat folks, you know, mm -hmm. people with bajillion limbs. So long as the mechanics support it and your GM is cool with it, that's kind of the what I, I wanted to lean more into the rule of cool as opposed to here's a list gotcha. of 17 aliens that you can pick from in this setting. You're more creative than that. <laughs> I right, know you right, can right. do it. You got it. <laughs> so if you insist that you have a big hairy companion with a um, laser crossbow, then yeah. Do your thing. It's so long as there's so long as there's rules for it, a hundred percent. Nice. Um, it sounds like you have a lot of GM support with the GM secrets, with the you know, um, kind of in the book standard adventure. Any other way that you're supporting GMs and playing this uh, flavor of Savage Worlds that's different? Yeah. Um, so beyond the uh adventure that we have a pre-written adventure um and the secrets in each section we go into detail about the uh main planet hellbine mm -hmm. as well as the city mm -hmm. uh and each of the moons has its own section as well and in each of those places beyond just a general description of like what is here right um there are uh a couple of things that we made sure to point out um, when it comes to the planets or the, the moons, I should say, each of them has 
a faction that has more influence over the others. Whether it is just natural, such as one of the factions is called the mold, and mm -hmm. the mold is just living mold, sim like matter that is a hive mind ass, like a hive mind creature that can form itself into different shapes and sizes to perform different tasks. It was mm. here before everyone came here, and it's still here causing a mess. Uh, so anything from the the mold to the interstellar coalition, our uh, science and religion uh, uh, faction, all of them will have more influence in certain places than others, which will gotcha. help affect, you know, what what your story is telling. Um, on top of that, there's also random effects that you can either roll for or choose from, depending on mm. what part of the uh, city you're in or what part which moon you're on or the atmosphere around the planet or the different moons may have different effects as well um, so we definitely try to give not only general uh, random effects but also certain events to um, excuse me to we, we give you events to then build off of kind of like little right. breadcrumbs that you can then take and expand upon if you want to to make your story more interesting not like a good chart sometimes oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome it sounds like this is super fun um yeah if people were interested in checking out hellbind do you guys have any ap's in the world or anything we are currently working on editing a recording that we did uh a little while ago um that is in the world uh, there's not an ETA of when that's out yet, but it will be on, I believe, our YouTube, or at the very least, you can find more information on our website and our socials when it does get released. Gotcha. Hopefully this year. Well, that leads right to my next question. If people want to get in touch with you and keep up with Goblin Society Games or Hellbind, uh, where, where can they go? How sure. do they do the thing? The best way to do that is to check out our website, goblinsocietygames.com. Uh, you can sign up for our news, our monthly newsletter there, keep up with all of our blogs and everything. Um, but you can also check us out on Drive Through RPG, which is where mm -hmm. you can purchase everything that we've made so far. Uh, and you can check us out on all of our socials, either at Society Goblins or Goblin Society Games. Nice, nice, nice. Um, do you guys social still? Is social like so 2023 we, so, we we mostly we're mostly social we're mostly okay. sociable <laughs> i mean the social medias yes yeah we're, gotcha, we're still gotcha. we're still out and about poking about a little bit on socials um if you want to keep the most up to date though the newsletter is the best way to do it because we just here's all the things we've done this month <laughs> gotcha that makes sense mm -hmm. thank you so much for your time maria um Absolutely. good luck with all your endeavors and uh looking to see kind of like Hellbind sounds really cool. I've played some Savage Worlds and I'm like, hmm, maybe my uh my 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 little uh my playgroup might have to uh mm -hmm. go and enjoy some foreign environments. Do a little one shot maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show, 
And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.